Hey, uh, we are in the second week of our series, uh, My Lame Sex, and uh, today we're just going to talk about and ask, is it possible to turn up the heat in the bedroom? And if it is, what would that look like? Which means I have all the men in the room right now taking out pieces of paper and pencils, <clears throat> getting ready uh, to take notes. Uh, you know, it's actually going to surprise us, I think, when we uh, land at the answer that uh, what happens in the bedroom has more to do with what happens before the bedroom than in the bedroom. But you and I have the absolute capacity to make what happens here absolutely off the charts. But here's what we're going to discover is simply this, that in God's intent and in God's plan and on the basis of how He wired you and I as men and women, this was always to be a place of celebration. It, it is the, are you ready for this? It is the end zone dance of a marriage. But here's the deal. End zone dances don't make sense if you're not scoring touchdowns first, okay? And we're going to talk about what does it mean to score touchdowns in my relationship so that all of a sudden we can't wait to do the dance at the end of the day. And, it, and here's what you're gonna, we're going to discover together. Guys, it's... it's the world's going to spend a lot, a lot of time talking to us about technique, but the truth is about an end zone dance. Uh, the, have you ever seen a good one? <laughs> the joy of an end zone dance is that there's something to celebrate, and we're going to talk about how to have marriages that are so on fire, so going, that we can't wait to be together in the dance in the end zone. Now, how many would agree in this room and say, all right, look, Lynn, this is, this is a tough subject because men and women come to sex very differently. How many would agree with that? Okay, all the women are going, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Matter of fact, if you were just going to kind of describe how men come to the topic of sex, probably uh, the best descriptor would be... See, the truth is, uh, men, men, are, men are like a microwave oven, and there's always a bag of popcorn inside. I mean, men, men, men basically, when it comes to this topic, I mean, we, we are there and we are ready, don't need a whole lot of warming up. Matter of fact, women, you would say, you know, I mean, this is, this is the, you know, kind of weird for us because I can't do anything around my husband, and all of a sudden... Sex? You know, you, you walk up to it, you're just giving him an innocent back rub. <laughs> you're going, no, I was just rubbing your shoulders. Men respond differently because we're so visually uh, driven as men. Women, you're not. I mean, the truth is, he goes running around after a shower with nothing on. Your response? Get a towel, buddy. <laughs> His response? Matter of fact, uh, one of the most desperate moments of your life is you're getting out of the shower, you're trying to make it to the closet, and then you realize he's laying on the bed watching TV. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, he, if he even sees me out of the corner of his eye, he's going to be in the closet. Okay? So, so men are way like microwave. Okay? Women, on the other hand, uh, you would describe a little bit differently.
See, I was like, I mean, and guys, you know this, right? You're going, is it dinner yet? And they're going, no, it's got a couple more hours. You're going, come on. You're going, what, 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 what did, did, and she's going, no, the potatoes have got to cook. And you're going, I don't care, raw potatoes. And, and you get, it's just, we're absolutely wired different. So how do you get that, something that different to all of a sudden make sense here? And here, fundamental shift in how we think about this and coming to a mutual understanding of what this is, and all of a sudden, you and I can take microwaves and crockpots. Guys, you want to hear something really cool? It's possible to keep the crockpot plugged in. So there's always a meal cooking. But here's the fundamental thing. Some of the women are going, oh, my. If that's where we're going, I'm in trouble. No, no, no. Hey, guys, here, here's, here's going to be the cool part. If you and I can make this shift in our hearts and our minds, if we can begin to understand what that was all about, all of a sudden this gets really, really fun. And here's the shift, guys. Here's the shift. We have thought for far too long in our lives that having sex was the touchdown. It's not. It's the end zone dance. And what's going to make the end zone dance suddenly make sense and be exciting in our lives is if we're scoring touchdowns in the relationship first. Sex was always intended by the heart of God for you and me in order to enjoy it to be a play act. You ready? And, and acting out of what was already happening between a man and a woman, a husband and a wife. And it doesn't make sense unless what's already happening outside of the bedroom is scoring touchdowns in the relationship to do an end zone dance because it's a play act. Let, let me see if this helps. I, how, how many in this room, you've ever been baptized? Okay. You get that baptism is a play act. The reality is, guys, baptism doesn't do anything. Baptism isn't the thing that gets you and I into heaven. What actually baptism is, is baptism in, is a mime of something that you and I have already decided in our hearts. And here's what God knew. God knew when you and I became Christians, for an awful lot of us, because we're not verbal, it'd be really, really hard to explain to our friends this decision we made and what was going on in us. So you ready? He gave us a play act in order to act out our faith, okay? So here's what we're gonna do, just to kinda get this home. We're gonna baptize uh, up here today. So can I have my candidate here? We're gonna, they chickened out. Okay, here we go. All right, Terrence, this is Terrence, right? And Terrence, you're, you're a Christian, right? You've asked Jesus in your heart. You've been baptized already. Yes. So we're just doing this as an illustration. So I'm gonna invite you to get into the ice cold, freezing tub of water that we've got here. Okay, all right. So here's, here's what happens in the, you ready? The play act of baptism. In the play act of baptism, when, when the person who's being baptized, you're okay, you're, hang on, all right. <laughs> Just a little worried, all right. 
The play act of baptism, what's happening in that moment is when that person stands in the water, what they're saying is, I believe that Jesus Christ really lived. They're play acting Jesus being alive, okay? When we put you under the pastor, put you underwater. Okay, now you can, there you go. When the pastor puts you underwater, what you're saying is, I believe that Jesus Christ died, that he really, really died, that he didn't swoon, that he wasn't pretending to be dead. He was really dead. And then when we bring you out of the water, <laughs> you're good, man. You're good. All right. You did that well. Okay. When we bring you out of the water, you're play acting, I believe Jesus Christ rose again. Okay, so you're good. That, that's all it is. And here's, okay, so here's, here's the deal. That makes no sense if you haven't already made a decision in your heart. So in other words, think how crazy this is. How crazy would it be for a person to be baptized who didn't really believe in Jesus? It'd be dumb. It wouldn't make any sense. And here's what we're going to discover. What happens in the bedroom between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman, is a play act that makes absolutely no sense if something hasn't already happened in their relationship, if there haven't already ready been touchdowns in the marriage. So, a matter of fact, grab your Bibles, and we're going to take a look at what this is all about. So, grab your Bibles. It's the book of Ephesians. If you're not real familiar, if you go to the back of your Bible and work to the left, you're going to find this book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. And you and I are going to unwrap the play act of the marriage bed. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21. Here's what it says. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, here's all that means. It's simply meaning this, that when a man and a woman are in a husband-wife relationship, their number one command is to love each other more than they love themselves. To simply say, look, I... I, I do. I come to this relationship with all sorts of hopes, all sorts of dreams, all sorts of desires, but here's the deal. I love you more than I love me, and I am going to focus not on selfishly trying to get what I need out of this relationship. Instead, you ready? I am going to submit my needs. I'm going to place my needs below your needs so that at the end of the day, my heart, my desire is that your needs be met even before my needs get met. It's a husband saying to a wife, look, I've, I've got all sorts of things on my mind. I've got my career and where we're going. I've got all sorts of ideas about its success and, and my hobbies. And, but here's the deal. I love you as my wife more than I love my career more than I love my hobbies, more than I love hanging with my guys. And my covenant with you, my promise to you is, as my wife, I will meet your needs before I meet mine. Submit one to another. Now bring the play act to the bed. 
And what God is saying in this moment is simply this. Here's what's supposed to happen between a husband and a wife, a man and a woman in the marriage bed. He is supposed to come to that moment with that same submitting act because he's going to play act his promise to her. And he needs to come to that moment saying, this isn't about me getting fulfilled. I am coming to this moment desiring that your needs be met even if mine don't get met. She is supposed to come to that moment and say, this isn't about me getting my needs met. And in this moment, as we, ready, play act our marriage, I will meet your needs before my needs. Now, guys, stop and think about that. Think about if every time a couple came to the marriage bed, he came saying, this isn't about me, this is about you first. She comes and says, this isn't about me and my need, this is about you. Think about the exchange in the marriage bed. When you ready? When we submit our needs. But here's what you got to get, here's what you got to get, guys. This makes no sense. Just like baptism makes no sense if you haven't made a decision for Christ. Play acting, submission in the bed, play acting, putting the other one first, makes no sense if you're not doing that in your marriage. If you're not doing this in the daytime, then the nighttime becomes a lie. It becomes a sad joke because all you're doing in that moment is reminding each other what you're not doing in submitting to one another in the rest of the relationship. And it's why this all of a sudden becomes unfulfilling and feels empty and why sometimes we can feel used because we're play-acting a promise that we aren't fulfilling in real life in the marriage. So here's the deal. For, for the heat to go up in here, for this play act to make any sense, for the touchdown celebration to be a dance of celebrating, you got to score some touchdowns. So let, we're just going to take the rest of the day and talk and say, what would it look like for a husband to submit to the needs of his wife so that what he says in the bed is what he did already for her heart? What would it look for a, like for a wife to say, I love you more than myself, and I will meet your needs as a husband even before I meet my needs? So that when we come here, this is the end zone dance of an unbelievable relationship, a touchdown of a relationship, okay? So here's the question. What are the needs of a guy? What are the needs of your wife? And if you and I don't know that, then here's what I, I know right off the bat. You're not submitting your needs to their needs. So go back to Ephesians, because Ephesians is going to give you and I a hint about where to go with this. Okay? Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 31, and I think you're going to be surprised. Here's what it says. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 31. For this reason... A man will leave his father and his mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, marriage, bed. And listen to this. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must, what's the next word? Love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must Respect her husband. 
Interesting moment. Isn't it interesting that God has to tell husbands to love their wives? How many women go, that's the stupidest thing? Of course he loves me. I'm wonderful. <laughs> why, why would God ever have to tell my husband to love me? You, you ready for this? Wives, if you stop and think, you'll know what I'm saying is true. Men love in pieces. Men are desperately terrified to give their whole heart to anybody. And they give their heart in small portions. Which is why, and, and God knew that that would break your heart. He had to say to men, men, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to learn to love your wife wholeheartedly and expose yourself. He says to the wife, and he, doesn't say to, doesn't he, he doesn't say to the wife, hey, wife, learn to love your husband. Isn't that interesting? Matter of fact, when a man and a woman get in an argument, she says to him, I don't think you love me. And he says to her, you don't respect me. Isn't that interesting? Because he will measure her engagement in the relationship not by whether or not she loves him, because he knows she loves her, but by whether or not she respects him. And what we're going to discover this morning is the way to score the touchdown in the heart of a man is respect. And the way to score a touchdown in the heart of a woman is to love her with your whole heart. And when you and I start scoring those touchdowns, and here's the thing that's going to happen, it's going to surprise you, end zone dances will break out spontaneously. Okay? So let's talk about this for a second. What does it look like? What does it look like to meet the needs of your husband? What would that, what would that look like to score touchdowns with your man so that end zone dances suddenly come alive? All right, so women, let me just ask, how many women in here think they know the number one need of men? How many women want to guess? Oh, good. Okay, so you need this. All right. Um, how many women would have guessed sex? Two women. Okay, we're in trouble already. All right. Okay, number one need for a man. You ready? Admiration. Admiration. When little boys are little boys and they go to play, what games do little boys play? We play war because in war you can win. We play Batman and Robin or Superman because you can be the hero. And here's what you need to know, ladies. That little six-year-old boy who wanted to save the day, never grew up. And one day when he stood at an aisle and he watched you walk down that aisle, here's what his heart said, even if he didn't know how to verbalize it. You ready for this? I've grown up now, and I've figured out, I may, I may, you know, I may never own Microsoft. I, 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 may, I may never have terrorists attack and save the day. I, I may never have. But deep down in my heart, I'm hoping. I'm hoping you'll let me be your hero. And as you walk down that aisle, that's what he thought he saw in your eyes. Which is why, you ready for this? 
It's why when a wife criticizes a man, it is devastating to him. There is no quicker way to rip the heart of your man out than to criticize. Matter of fact, if you're in a relationship right now and you go, you know what, I mean, I don't know what, he's not even interested. Can I tell you that more often than not, it's criticism. Because here's what he has said. I will never, ever, ever be able to make this woman happy. And there's no reason to do a celebration dance if you're not scoring touchdowns. Now, this is hard for women. Here's why. Because women tell each other what to do all the time. <laughs> you need to put more tomato sauce in that. You know what you ought to do with your kids? You ought to put... And I'm just telling you, when men hear those conversations between women, we're just, we, we are mortified. We go, I want to slap that woman. You... <laughs> That's just, that is, I, ladies, you, you just don't know how, how deeply telling someone what to do is a violation of everything that is man. If you'll watch, men never do that to each other. We don't. Because here's why. Because a man wants to be a hero, because deep down in his heart he wants to fix the problem and solve it, win the day. It's why men will never ask for directions. I'd rather be two hours late and figure it out. <laughs> this, is, you, you laugh, this is core to a man. The men aren't letting the men are all going, you better read, believe it. Yeah, dude. Preach it. Preach it. Okay, this is core to maildom. Matter of fact, ladies, Two men are standing outside. One man owns a car and he's working on it, but he has no idea what he's doing. The other man is a master mechanic. Let me tell you what the master mechanic will never say to the owner of the car. You're doing it wrong. That would be an absolute violation of maildom. Here's what he'll say. Would you like some help? Because there he's, he's giving an invitation. And if that man who is working the wrong way on his car says no, the master mechanic will walk away. Because that's how you honor a man. If he wants to figure it out himself, you let him figure it out himself. So let's turn the table. Here's the wife. And, and she's just going to tell him how to be a better husband. I mean, because that's what you do in, in, in female. I mean, that's loving. I'm going to tell you how to be a better daughter, how to be a better wife. Blah, 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 blah. That's what you do. That's how women love each other. It's weird. And so now you're trying to love your man like a woman. When women offer unsolicited advice to a man, what does a man call that? Nagging. Did you get that? Did you hear the response? It was in a deep male voice, <laughs> nagging. <laughs> and here's what you got to hear, ladies. Here's what you got to hear. The author in the book of Proverbs was a man. And here's what he said about a nagging wife. Better to live on a roof <laughs> than on in the inside with a wife who nags. And the men all said, amen. <laughs> so, lady, 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 lady. 
There is no more powerful way to drive the heart of a man away from you than to tell him how he's failing you. Because in that moment, you tell him, you will never, ever, ever be my hero. You will never score a touchdown, and there's no reason for a victory dance. You ever seen a guy run off with an ugly secretary? You ever wonder how that happens? Beautiful wife, unbelievably accomplished wife, ugly secretary. Here's what happened. He went home every night to his beautiful, wonderful, really accomplished wife, and every night, you're not, you're not spending time with her, you're not taking care of the kids. Now he sits at the office, and at the office he's powerful. And at the office he's accomplished. And that little secretary looks at him with eyes that say, you're the man. And every man in this world longs to have a woman look at him like that. And ladies, I'm just going to say to you, you're going to have to find a way to make your requests known. They're going to have to be asks, not tells. You're going to have to find ways to praise him when he does what's right and not scream when he does what's wrong. Because, ready? He desperately wants to be your hero. And don't you dare, don't you dare tell him he's not. You'll lose his heart. Second thing for a man, you guys already guessed it, sex. And here's what you need to get, ladies, and this is different in the wiring of a man. Men receive acceptance through sex. See, men, when, when, when you are physical with a man, that man says, I'm accepted by her. Here's what you have never heard a man say. You've never had a man, after he had sex with a woman, say, I wonder if she was just using me. <laughs> You've never heard a man, you know why? Because every man receives sex as approval. He does. And what you need to know is that your physical touch, your contact with him, he, it absolutely fills his emotional tank. Not just his physical, it fills his emotional tank. And he says, this woman approves me. He has never felt used. He's felt approved when you've been together physically. Okay, so the first one, first one is admiration. Second one is sex. Third one, you want to just absolutely fill the heart of your man? Every once in a while, just, just for fun, initiate sex. Initiate. Now, ladies, I know this is a little weird, and we're talking about this in a minute because women love to be pursued. And culturally, we've all been told, no, that's his job. But you just need to know that if you, want, if you just want to make a man just walk a little taller at work tomorrow, you know, he's not going to, here's the thing, he's not going to tell his, guy, his, his friends what happened. Men don't talk about sex. Women talk about sex. Men don't. Men just go, and that's it. All the men know. Okay? But, but I'm just telling you, 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 there are very few things that you could do that will more speak to the heart and the ego and the self-esteem of a man than when you initiate physically. I had a gentleman, and I was doing some counseling with him, and he was struggling with pornography. And he said, Lynn, you know why it's so hard to give up? Every woman in that magazine looks at me with longing 
And I wish my wife would look at me that way just once. And ladies, I'm just telling you, you don't know what it does to the heart of a man when you initiate. It's a big deal, okay? So here's the deal. Look, look. When you as a woman say your needs are greater than mine, and look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to care for you even before I care for myself. You realize what you do to the heart of a man. You awaken him to the touchdown dance. All of a sudden, there's something to celebrate in this marriage for a man. Okay, so men, let's unpack it the other way. How do you, how do you, how do you help your wife say, boy, we are scoring touchdowns in this relationship. Let's do the dance. Okay, you ready? Number one need of a woman. Anybody want to guess? Any men? Come on, men. Number one need of a woman. You, you notice all the men are going, are you kidding me? We spent thousands of years trying to figure this out. I don't have a clue. How many women know the number one need of a woman? Okay, I got one. You want to guess? Love. Be cherished. Okay, look at that. Out of the whole room, two women. So that's good. We're making progress here. Hey, did you catch the passage? Remember, remember what Ephesians said? Ephesians said the number one need, the number one thing in your man, wives, respect. Isn't it interesting that everything we just talked about ties in some way in respecting him? Number one need of a woman to be loved, be cherished. Guys, here's why this is hard. You and I are task-oriented. So here's what we did. We caught her. <laughs> and in the heart of a man, what we said is, well, that's done. Now I got to move on to the next thing in my life. Because remember, guys are all about task and accomplishment. And so here's what we did. We probably said to ourselves, well, now I need to get done with my career. I need to get my education finished, whatever that next thing was. And here's what you didn't get, guys. When she was a little girl, she wasn't playing soldiers. She wasn't playing build the building and superheroes. Guess what she was playing? House. House. And guess what was always the most important part of house? The man who was going to come. See, I mean, guys, how, how many times did your sisters borrow your G.I. Joes? And it was deeply embarrassing because G.I. Joe should never have been in that situation. Because okay. he's a man. He ought to be shooting something, not playing house. But here's it, guys, 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 guys. Here's what you got to hear is in the heart of every little girl. There is a man. There's a man who's going to come, and you ready? Love me. Cherish me more than anything else. And when she walked down that aisle and you stood here, here's what her heart said, even if she didn't say it out loud. Are you the man? And what she believed you told her that day was, I am. And the problem is, is that once you and I got that done, we went off to our careers, we went off to the next thing to get done, and we turned our attention and our affection away, and she felt betrayed. It's why she has absolutely nothing to celebrate in the end zone. 
number one need of your wife, to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that she has no rivals and you have no mistresses. Even if that mistress is your work or your hobby or hanging out with your buddies, she needs to know she's number one. And guys, the most powerful, the best thing you can do is to date your wife. Do you remember when you were dating each other and you couldn't keep your hands off each other? Remember that? It was hard to be a Christian and date. Well, you know why that was? You know why she was responding to you that way? Because you were chasing her. And every woman, you ready for this, guys? Longs to have a lifelong game of hide and seek. She wants you so desperately to chase her, and she wants you to catch her a hundred times. And she wants you to court her every day of your married lives. How many of you guys have noticed the whole twilight phenomenon going on? Okay? How many, how many are reading Twilight? Okay, okay. <laughs> hey guys, you know why our wives are all reading Twilight? What, what is, I mean, you think, they don't even get together in the book. I mean, it, there's, there's Edward and, and there's Bella, and, and the crazy thing is, these women are all going, this is the most romantic thing. <laughs> and they never get together. Matter of fact, all the women are rooting for them to get together. Why? You ready? You ready for the answer, guys? Because Edward is chasing Bella. And I can't tell you how deeply and profoundly that fills the heart of a woman to be chased. And you and I forgot that. And in the heart of a woman who's not being chased but instead is being neglected, she says, we ain't dancing to no end zones because you're not scoring any touchdowns, buddy. Second need in the heart of a woman is connection. Have any of you guys noticed that women like to talk? Any of you guys going, oh my. And so here's what happens. You come home from work, guys, and she goes, how was your day? Okay. What happened? Nothing. Here's the deal, okay? They say the average woman has, speaks 20,000 words a day. The average man, 7,000. By the time you come home, you probably have already said eight, so you're like a thousand deficit. You're like, woman, just leave me alone. I just need to catch up on some words. I'm, I'm word depleted. Little, little boys, they took, they took, they took four-year-old little boys and four-year-old little girls and watched them play. Four-year-old little girls, 90% of their play, guess what it was? Verbal. Do you like him? No, I don't like him. Okay. It's verbal. 90% of girls, verbal. Little boys. Anybody want to guess how much of little boys' play was verbal? 20%. The other 80%. I ain't going to help your marriage, okay? Just. But guys, 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 here's what you need to hear. Her tank fills through conversation. She enjoys talking just for the pleasure of it, the same way you like having sex just for the pleasure of it. And it fills her tank. So try this. 
try when you get to work. You go, look, I only got 7,000 words today. I can only use 5,000 at work. It's 3 o'clock. I'm done. <laughs> Not saying anything else the rest of the day. I got you know, to save this for home. Why do you think women say, well, could we just sit and talk? Could we have couch time? Could we go for a walk? Okay, and guys, guys, when you have caressed your, her heart with your words, she's going to be a lot ready for, more ready for you to caress her body. Just saying. Third thing, third need of a woman, non-sexual touch. Non-sexual touch. How many men are going, what? <laughs> Does such a thing exist? All the women are going, of course, you idiot. <laughs> okay, so guys, guys, here's the thing. Believe it or not, okay, believe it or not, it is not the rare dead Goonie bird. There is such a thing in the world of a woman as non-sexual touch. Okay? Have you ever seen two women who haven't seen each other in a long time and they start talking? What do they do? Oh, yes, you wouldn't believe what he did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, they do. They, they touch because, you ready for this, guys? Women receive approval through touch, non sexual touch. Can you imagine two men doing that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some guy does that to you. Guys, we'd be going, I'll touch you. What? Right? Put you down, buddy. Show you some touch. But here's what you got to get. Your wife, how come sometimes after you've had sex, she says, can we cuddle? Well, why? <laughs> and what you just, a woman is deeply, deeply, deeply filled by being held. It's why when she's cooking and you walk up behind her and hold her, and as long as it doesn't mean something else, <clears throat> you don't even know what that does to the heart of a woman. When you're riding along in the car and you reach over and grab her hand. When you're standing there as a couple and you pull her tight. And it absolutely, absolutely, absolutely fills the heart of your wife. So here's the deal. <laughs> If this is the end zone dance, how powerful would it be today if you and I started scoring touchdowns in our relationship? So here's what we're going to do. Homework. You ready? Homework. For the next 30 days, okay, men, here's what I'm going to ask you to do, okay? For 30 days, I'm going to ask you, date your wife. Chase your, I'm not saying a date, I'm just saying chase your wife. Come home, run around the living room, a couple laps, I don't care. Just, <laughs> she, pursue her, okay? For, pursue her. Spend time talking. When she says, how was your day? Actually, words should come from your mouth. Spend time talking. And third, ready? Non-sexual touch. They say that average woman needs at least nine or ten touches from a man every single day. And guys, that doesn't mean one, two, three, four. <laughs> okay? That, you, okay? 
nine, ten times a day. Wives, for 30 days, no criticism. <sighs> What's the point of communicating? What are we going to talk about? 30 days. I, I'm just saying, 30, you're going to watch this man come alive. Okay? Matter of fact, here's what I'm going to ask you. For 30 days, nothing comes out of your mouth that is either not just a request. You can make requests. You just can't tell. Or praise. Tell him what he did right. Even if it was the teen. I mean, thank you for thinking about carrying out the trash. Okay? Anything you can, anything, anything you can compliment him on. I thought you actually took a step toward the trash can. Wow, that was, that was good. That was good. We're getting the right direct, okay? Compliment, okay? Sex. Ladies, you get, you get, men get approval from sex. Third thing, every once in a while, take some initiative. You be the one that goes, ah, okay? Catch him in the closet, okay? Now, <laughs> wrong closet, guys. Haven't you heard anything I've said? <laughs> Wrong closet. <laughs> you guys are incorrigible, man. Just... Okay, so here's the, here's, what I'm gonna do. Okay, here's the assignment, okay? Because we're not done yet. 30 days, you ready? Of scoring touchdowns in the daytime, doing those things we just talked about. And are you ready for this? and 30 nights of doing victory dances. <laughs> how, how many men are going, hell boy, man, I, put me in, coach! 30 days of victory dance. Now, here's the deal. I, I told my wife I was going to challenge everybody to this, and she said, so we're going to slow down? <laughs> so... So Lisa and I are going to go on a fast, but, um, <laughs> or at least a reduction plan. And, uh, but I'm, here's what I'm asking, guys. Look, how cool would it be if you and I chased each other during the day and celebrated every night? How cool would that be in our marriages? Now, here, look, here, there's a couple exceptions in here. I, I get this. So if you're over 90, <laughs> every other day is fine, okay? <laughs> And the other thing I need to say, look, if you're, in a, if you're in an abusive relationship, this doesn't make any sense. This, you've got a whole bunch of stuff to do before this is going to even work, okay? But if you're in a halfway healthy relationship, if you're, if you're in something you just go, look, I, you know, it, it may not be great, but it's a halfway, I'm just going to, 30 days, 30 days of outside the bed saying your needs come first and 30 nights inside the bed saying, your needs come first, and it'll change it for us. <laughs> what if you're single? <laughs> then you're going to have to take the online course. No, <laughs> no. You know what? Here's, here's the cool part, guys, and this is, this is the thing. This is, 
For a single person, it's 30 days of not. And, and the reason that this is cool is because this only makes sense inside of a marriage. It only makes sense inside of a marriage. But it's the power and the wonder of when you are married. Okay? So singles, you get to wait, and you get to be jealous of all the smiles for the next four weeks at church. Okay? All right, let's pray. Hey, dear Lord Jesus, we just, uh, we just come before you today. And God, we're a little bit surprised in your word that what you said is, is that this incredible connection between a man and a woman is actually a play act of how they love each other during the day. And God, I'm just going to ask that we would come alive to this, that, we would, that our women within this room would say, you know what, I'm going to give my husband the chance to be my hero. And I'm going to remove my words of criticism and I'm going to chase after him to fill his heart. And, and I'm, I love him enough that even if he's not meeting my expectations, I'm going to put his needs above my needs. That there would be men all across this room that would say, you know, I, I think I've been incredibly selfish. I, uh, I've forgotten to date my wife and to chase after her, and yet her heart was longing for me to come find her. And, I, and I've stolen my words from her. I've come home at night tired and exhausted, and I've failed to share with her what was going on in my day. She's longed for that connection. And God, that we would score so many touchdowns during the day that end zone dances at night would just break out. God, may, may the people of God get this right in our marriages and our lives. And this we pray in Jesus' name.